Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blur with a love of artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we're getting whelmed for DC's greatest sidekicks and covering every episode of Young Justice on... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year the movie Doomsday was supposed to drop. Yeah, it was it was supposed to Doomsday. But instead, the title got changed and it became Independence Day. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no, the more you know, the more you, the know. More you know. I appreciate Independence Day so much. Whoever decided to make that change, that person deserves like what, like how much ever money there is in the world. <laughs> and as an extra fun fact, the script for Independence Day was written in three weeks. Somehow that actually tracks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really think about it. Yeah. Welcome to it's Earth, like... guys. <laughs> Well, speaking of Independence Day and the celebration of, you know, freedom and Will Smith and all, can we, can we, are we still cool with Will Smith? I can't tell. Uh, It depends on the month. We'll see. We'll see. Depends on the month. All right, cool. (laughs) So yeah, but rather speaking about um, freedom, we're here talking about the freedom from being held back by the older individuals who are just continuously squashing our lights or you know telling us that justice can't prevail without them well it can no matter what the age because today is the first episode of our new season covering young justice hell yeah hell yeah get whelmed get whelmed everyone feel the aster Uh, so real quick, we just want to thank all the listeners for participating and connecting with us during the voting process. Um, to the Harley Quinn fans, we're sorry that you had to lose. Um, fortunately, I will say your show is still doing better than Velma, probably. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and unlike Young Justice, you aren't canceled, so <laughs> you still have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> Um, but we are so again, we are big fans of both the shows. This is why it was so hard for us to choose which one. And we're thankful for you, all of you, the fans and listeners out there for helping us to choose on Young Justice. So uh real quick spiel about Young Justice. Uh this this has probably the most convoluted history in this creation that probably that we've experienced. <laughs> oh, by far. Like like greats like Samurai Jack or Futurama. This was a show that it had all the right elements, all the right things were going for it. But because of some technical production behind the scenes stuff, it got canceled right at the height of its run and came back. But <laughs> was canceled again right at the height of its run. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was a because it started on um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, just because I, I didn't have cable growing up until yeah. I was like a, I was a grown man. Um, so I think it first started on Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it started in Car- on Cartoon Network back in um, November of 2010. Um, and that season, which I looked up, lasted for about a year and a half because it wrapped in April, uh, April 21st, 2012. So it took almost a year and a half for it to finish out its first season. Um, even though it was only like 26 episodes. <laughs> um, so then, you know, first two seasons was on Cartoon Network. Unfortunately, like we said, it got canceled pretty early. So then after seven years of like long drawn out campaigns, I literally feel like that. Um, what was it? That that pledge site, that pledge website. Uh, we probably started that because of the fact that of Young Justice and but the cast members wanted the show too. So after it got it was off the air for seven years, it came back strong. In fact, there was a whole streaming service that was created just to hold this show called DC Universe. And then DC Universe dropped the ball because of taxes and HBO Max. <laughs> and also next day premieres on free channels. We're looking at you, Stargirl. Oh, man. So finally, we got Young Justice survived again on HBO Max. It thrived. It released a full brand new season, expanding the universe, the world, the characters. And it ended with an open ended look at Darkseid and some really crazy plot points. Mm -hmm. But as everything with HBO Max lately. (laughs) (laughs) It got onto the chopping block to the max. And that ended a the tenure of Young Justice. It's lasted four seasons, 98 episodes, two cancellations over a span of about 12 years. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we literally grew up with this show, if you really think about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a quick spiel on Young Justice. And today we're gonna start our coverage on it. Um, so much like our static shock episode a uh, season. We're going through each of the episodes. We're going to bash the episodes to find the common theme um, and share any significant comic book references and stories along the way. Um, So already today, we're going to start with season one, the premiere of Young Justice, which covered and we're covering today episodes one and two. Since this was released as a two-parter premiere, we're covering Independence Day and Fireworks. And this is, again, the premiere. So we are meeting this team of youth for the first time. Uh, We just see how crazy things get when things are unleashed. (laughs) Hence the Independence Day tie-in. And um, that's why, you know, of course, like our Static Shock series, we're going to have to pay homage to some of the themes that we see here. And this one, um, shout out to Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa for giving us the idea for this one. Because today's episode is called Young, Wild, and Free. Mm, as they are as they are all right uh and then now we have our cast list because of course just like uh before we have to make sure we're giving credit to where credit is due uh these will be like the first probably and the last time we'll mention these characters since these are the people we're going to be spending most of the time with after that we will be just sharing any um characters that we felt they really had a great scene that episode or, you know, we find some witty, funny thing about them that is just like, we needed to shout them out about it. Uh, so starting off first, we got Frida from Static Shock. She is back as we have Danica McKellar. 
who is returning to the DC universe as the te- the giving voice to the telepathic voice in the team's head today, Miss Martian. Uh, Stephanie Lamellon, Lamellon, uh, Stephanie Lamellon voiced Misty from Call of Duty as well as Screwball in the Marvel Spider-Man game. Oh, wow. Yeah, so people yeah. automatically are going to have some flashbacks of PTSD <laughs> from Screwball <laughs> missions. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but today in our series, she voices the Arrowette-inspired hero Artemis Croc. Uh, following that, we have the DC Animation voice acting regular Carrie Payton. Um, you know, when he's not um, rocking the locks on, on The Walking Dead, um, we'll see him here voicing Calderon, a.k.a. Aqualad. Um, just shouting him out because this is actually the first appearance of this particular Aqualad. Um, there were some similar to him, but I'll get into that a little bit later in our episode. Uh, Crispin Freeman, uh, as far as we could tell, no relation to Morgan, um, has resided in the anime world as the English voice of um, Gyome Himajima from Demon Slayer, as well as Itachi Uchiha in Naruto. But our series season today as Roy Harper, a.k.a. Red Arrow. Oh, speedy. Keep him away from his brother. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we have. Oh, oh, I just got it. (laughs) That's a that's another thing for another day. (laughs) All right. Now, finally, we have the uh, the original comic book starters I'm going to be introducing uh, for the team. So Nolan North, he's been given voice for Superman for in a couple of um, shows and movies, as well as a couple of other characters around the DC Universe today. He'll be Superboy. Um, we highlighted his performance as Red Hood in Lego Batman Family Matters. But in this series, Jason Spizak is Wally West, a.k.a. Kid Flash. And finally, completing the team is the award-winning recording artist. He is the voice of Theodore in the Alvin and Chipmunks movies, as well as Roxas from Kingdom Hearts. We have Jesse McCartney, who is voicing Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin. He doesn't want another pretty face. He doesn't want a hand to hold. He just wants to punch people in the face. <laughs> and maybe break your hands and then try to hold them. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple other voice actors who do make appearances here. Um, some of which we know of, like Bruce Greenwood, who's voicing Batman, Phil Lamar, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson. And I think, honestly, one of my favorite DC actors, just because he spanned across animation and live action, Alan Tudyk. Um, so that is it. That is our cast list. It's a bit of information on the um, Young Justice series as a whole. So now it's time to Zeta Tube over to the beginning of our new season, Young Justice, starting with Independence Day. So if you think this series is going to be light and fun, think again, because a man is just trying to grill. He's just trying to season up meat in the picnic for a picnic in the park. When all of a sudden he is savagely frozen by Mr. Freeze for seemingly no reason. (laughs) He probably had it cooking for too long. It was probably well done. I mean, I was I'm fine with that. But at the same time, like, I'm pretty sure Mr. Freeze is a medium kind of dude. That's fair. That's fair. Or rare. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess it's it's got to be cold. So probably. Yeah. Right. Rare. Yeah. Rare meat. But luckily, the savage attack is stopped by Robin, um, who is in a rush. He just wants to get through Freeze, and apparently he is uh, Freeze is underwhelmed 
by Robin just showing up. He thinks it's just Robin, but Batman shows up and seemingly like one punch man takes out Mr. Freeze <laughs> in one hit. And right before, right after we get this takedown, we go over to the Arrow Bros up against Icicle. Is that Icicle Jr.? Yeah, yeah, that is. Oh, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Five seasons later, we're getting names like that. You know, unfortunately, it's not Tusk in the first episode, but it's all good. (laughs) Gotta save him. Gotta save him. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we got a chance to see um, High School Junior get his jaw broken when he takes an arrow to the face. Um, As, you know, this is obviously a joke that Green Arrow also picks up. But then Speedy jumps in and just says, can we just stop playing around? Because... You know, we're running out of time. Today's the day. And it's already creating this sense of anticipation for our heroes here. Yeah, so, but they're not the only Ice Queens out there because Killer Frost is <laughs> making the, okay, this is the, the silliest decision. Because <laughs> Killer Frost decides to fight Aquaman and Aqualad on a boat. They're surrounded by water, Killer Frost. Why? Why here? <laughs> Why would you take them on here? Two water guys? Uh, it proves... she doesn't even use any of the water that's let's like out around her. Like that right. would have been the obvious choice. <laughs> water bend a little, girl. What are you doing? She um, but what she does get to do is showcase how badass Aqualad is because he is able to use his weapons to manipulate water, water bend at will, and when his weapon is frozen, he breaks out of it, knocks out Killer Frost in one blow. And while he's also excited to go to a location, he's more reserved and wants to focus on the task. He nails the task. And now we have our final ice villain going against the Flash is (laughs) Flashes. Flashes, yep. Uh, So, yeah, so Kid Flash and Flash. uh, This is going to get confusing. Good thing we don't have to deal with Flash as much any much longer. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they quickly knock out Captain Cold on his feet. This is where... um, I'm just going to say, I'm assuming that this is Barry. Barry is um, just talking with Captain Cold. And this is where Kid Flash, of course, interjects. He's just saying that just like the rest of the heroes of these, um, they're like, today's the day. We're running out of time. We're already running late. Um, so they quickly take down the Ice Brigade, which I think we've called this group now. Oh, yeah. Before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so now it's... The, everybody's heading on over to the Hall of Justice, where Batman once again assures that today is the day, as the sidekicks are now seeming to seem that they, they. It looks like they're about to be upgraded to Justice League member status, which is super cool because this is Robin, Aqualad, Speedy, and Kid Flash, all of whom that you know they n- never really seen them as Justice League members until much later on in life. So today is the day for them. Yeah, and uh, I love a show with good background, random dialogue. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because as they're walking up to the hall and all these spectators are outside, they go, um, is that Flash Jr.? It's like, no, it's it's Kid Flash. Why is the other one named Speedy? Shouldn't, wouldn't it make more sense for Flash Jr. to be Speedy? And I was like, damn. You got a you got a good point there, man. I don't know. Um, and everyone is going in to the as they go in the hall. Robin's uh, they acknowledge that some people are overwhelmed, which prompts Robin to say his signature line, probably his most famous line of the series. 
everyone's overwhelmed or underwhelmed. Why is no one just whelmed? And that question will take five seasons to answer. So <laughs> get ready for the non-existent season five. <laughs> yeah, so as um as our whelmed heroes enter the Hall of Justice, they're greeted by Martian Manhunter, Red Tornado. I gotta say, this is probably the first show in which we have such a large introduction to so many heroes all at the same time. Um, because I'm thinking about like Justice League Unlimited, of course, you know, you get like all the Justice League members, the reserves, the hundreds of them, which I have to question how much is the annual membership. But at the same time, this is like they never really showed them all together in the space until much later on. We're getting like in the first like five minutes after a killer intro, I think they kill intro theme song that they did of just like all these heroes. And here um, they present them, they bring them into the library, which at this point, Speedy is pissed. He's like, he thought they were going to get like the real tour and it's clear that it isn't because even though they're in the tower, they're actually in the most like windowed room of the entire Hall of Justice. Yeah, I, I did love the touch of the um, the spectators being able to take pictures of them outside mm -hmm. of the uh, the hall and, you know, Speedy commenting like we're on the other side of the glass, like a fish tank. Mm -hmm. And he it's quickly revealed that this isn't even their final form of their base because they actually have a space base, the the the, the famous watchtower that they go to. None of the sidekicks except Speedy knew about it because Green Arrow spilled the beans. And upon feeling like this isn't real, this is not what he signed up for, Speedy immediately quits, walks out on the entire opportunity, and everybody else stays because, you know, they got a free gym pass too. So that's pretty valuable. Word. Word. Especially in this day and age, I feel like that's... No, yeah, gyms are expensive, y'all. <laughs> Can't always get those plus ones, you know. Sometimes you got to pay the full membership. Where <laughs> how am I supposed to become my most jacked if I can't get in? <laughs> and at this moment, it causes a very quieting moment amongst the all the heroes. You know, everyone is either overwhelmed or underwhelmed. Of over, I feel more so overwhelmed, probably. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But before they can even properly process it, Superman comes up on the screen. Um, so we get introduced to another hero in this universe, and he alerts them of a fire that's happening at Cadmus Laboratory. Um, Batman shares that he's had some suspicions about it, and he figures that this would be a good time to investigate. But at the same time, uh, Zatara, the magical mystic hero, uh, shares that there's a sorcerer by the name of Wotan who's using an amulet to blot out the sun and he's requesting full league support. So the question now is for the Justice League, do we stop the do we stop the fire or do we make sure the sun is okay? And they go and stop the fire because of course no, no, no they got they got to <laughs> save the sun. Um cuz you know that's Superman's old jam. So <laughs> while they go to save the sun, save the sun, the sidekicks are told to stay put. Robin immediately is like, mm, but what if we checked out this Cadmus thing? So he goes into the computer, which has the biggest keyboard I've ever seen. Like, yo, <laughs> word. Does it <laughs> the have the whole letters? entire desk was a keyboard? Yeah. 
<laughs> is it every language? Is a key on there? Like, <laughs> there are shortcut keys, guys. <laughs> um, in order to like, in order to just hit shift, you actually have to press all three of them at the same time, wherever you are. That's why nobody can hack Batman's computer because it's like eight hundred <laughs> letters. <laughs> It's smart, you know what? I give it to him. It's a pretty good idea. Uh, so they find out that uh, something is suspicious going on Cadmus. So they make their way over, and we get a little demonstration of their skills as they go to the fire, where you see Flash Boy, as he's called. <laughs> Flash he, Boy. He saves some firefighters, but runs ahead too quickly and ends up dangling out of a window because his momentum doesn't carry him far enough. A nice little <laughs> accurate detail. Um, Aqualad he water bends um, from a hose to save some um, firefighters and Robin skips all of them because he's like eh, I'll let the EMTs got it I'll do the detective work mm-hmm. I do like this um, kind of early sense of the mindset of the team because each one you can see as soon as they come back together they each comment it's like it continues on to each comment on like how it's not working for them um because it's a call back to a little earlier where flash in when the the sidekicks are just like why can't we join you on this like battle for the sun flash says you know you haven't been trained to work as a team especially with our team and it's showing up here where it's like people are running ahead and even aqualad's like how come y'all just left me behind and it's like well i thought you were already here you got here didn't you um, so this causes, this is already like the early kind of like moments of the team trying to mesh. So they just decide to kind of like continue on on their separate investigations. When Aqualad, he comes up to a long hallway and he sees that there's somebody standing in an elevator, which should have been an already evacuated building, which confuses him even more. But there's something even more confusing, which Robin picks up on about the elevator. It's got 52 levels. What a random number. Um, <laughs> who, who thought of 52? What kind of architect is building 52 floors? <laughs> James Gunn. Um, <laughs> um, so they decide eh, it's time to do some exploring. So they go to the the end of Robin's rope, literally. He goes as far as his grapple hook allows and get off on a random floor and find out that Basically, Cadmus is creating just new life. That's what they're doing here. <laughs> they're just making a bunch of creatures and and things, much like another My Hero Nomu Academia reference. Uh, they're doing the same thing here. And unfortunately, they're not going to be alone because an evil guardian, um, f- not the Supergirl one, <laughs> but a different guardian, <laughs> um, is trying is responsible for keeping the sidekicks away from all of this. Yes, he got directed by uh, Dr. Desmond, who I believe we've met before. Not this particular one, but we've met a version of him from the Reign of Superman movie from the DCMU. Um, It seems like he is definitely in control of the entire cloning process. So he sends... um, God, I almost called him White Guardian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me not do that. Uh, 
he sends Guardian out, and um, this is where we find out some more as Robin, who has adopted the role of the hacker of the team, he hacks into the systems and he finds out everything, including that um, that they're they are basically building creatures here. There's a secret project called Project KR, but more importantly, these creatures that they're creating have like telep telep uh, telepathy um super strength race of claws so basically they're just like creating uh, weapons like crazy and that's when guardian who enters the room he's at first shocked to see them and is even more shocked when he hears him say that they're building weapons but we see that the genomorph this little i say the smaller genomorphs are kind of cute yeah those could be toys (laughs) <laughs> right the giant ass ones that look like trolls on steroids these are the most jack characters of our show i think <laughs> hell to the no yeah they look like god of war enemies like <laughs> like i'm like where's kratos to beat the crap out of these because these are too big facts and that is why we're fortunately they didn't have to contend with those our heroes didn't have to contend with those they dealt with the smaller ones the small the ones that have like the razor sharp claws as guardian is seen to be in controlled by the genomorph and he orders the attack on them yeah we get a pretty nice fight here um also demonstration that aqualad also has access to electric powers uh enjoy it it's the closest thing we'll be getting a static shock here so uh the, enjoy it um <laughs> Does he show up in this show? Yes. Show up. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to it. But um, so they they have this battle, but quickly the numbers are just too much against them. It's only three. So they go even lower to floor 52. And um, they find what Project KR is. It's our boy, Superboy. He's in a tube of some kind like a Zordon-esque tube in hibernation (laughs) uh, waiting to be released. (laughs) And um, meanwhile, on the surface, the villains are recognizing these aren't your typical meddling kids. Uh, So they definitely need to deal with them quietly um, in an efficient manner because they don't want the whole Justice League coming in and disrupting their project. And it's too late because the kids wake up Superman boy, Superman. The kids wake up, <laughs> Superboy, and he's a little cranky. Oh yeah, uh, Superboy shows us that it is on site, twenty four seven, three sixty six. Um, these hands are rated E for everyone, and that's um, I think one thing we said before. There's a he's got a coupon. They got a coupon <laughs> that Superboy is ready to cash. Uh, Three hits to the face because man, I am this is a beatdown. Um Kid Flash gets easily taken out because even though he's fast, he um he again he's very, very brash. So he kind of just leaps into action, not knowing that he was gonna get his face kind of turned around. Uh Robin is a little smarter, so he ends up trying to maneuver around, recognizing that Superboy is his like physical superior in a lot of ways. Um, so he tries to play smart. Unfortunately, that also does not work it out work out for him just because some of the stuff that he does do does lead to Superboy being able to grab and throw him. I think the my favorite part about this whole fight was seeing that Calder 
knocked the shit out of Superboy. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like seeing him on the level with Superboy mm-hmm. by extension, maybe on the level of Superman is crazy. Mm. And I also want to note how funny it is that Robin had some kryptonite <laughs> gas just ready to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, why did Batman do this to you? Where's the, where's the kryptonite? Robin has it. <laughs> Probably snuck into the utility belt. He was like, oh, look at that. Robin's packing his shark repellent and his batarangs. Let me, let me, this fool, let me drop in a little kryptonite <laughs> dust real quick. And... Because of that, we get this like really cool fight between um, Calder and Superboy. Unfortunately, Superboy does prove to be too much for Calder in a little way. Um, so when he finally knocks the three out, he goes ahead and opens the door where um, Desmond and Guardian and another scientist who I have to question, like, what did you just sign up for this? What was, were you interviewed for this? Did you, how, how did you end up here? You, you came here willingly. It seems they give really good benefits, like dental, <laughs> medical and vision. What? What? Five vacation days. Are you kidding? Oh my me? God. Automatically. You don't even have to accrue those. <laughs> you only have to bring a doctor's note. If you've been gone for 30 minutes. <laughs> And with that, with um, this new character um, and everybody panning on to them, that is how we end Independence Day with Superboy getting his own Independence Day. Um, and now it's time to start some fireworks with the next episode, which is conveniently called Fireworks. Yeah. And uh, right off the bat, they don't waste any time. They let the know, let us know what the stakes are immediately because now the three heroes are been captured and they let them know that they're not just going to kill them. Um, they're going to clone them and then presumably send their clones back to the surface so that the heroes don't catch on. They're also able to download their memories into these clones. So if the heroes don't escape, they will just walk around. Uh, they'll die. <laughs> and then you have three <laughs> evil clones of them walking around. So... Right, or, right away, we can tell things are serious, and Robin's trying to use his the little his little key to escape. I don't exactly know what the plan was, but uh, yeah, that's and short of that, they're trying to make one appeal to Superboy. Yeah, um, at first it seems like it's a very one sided conversation where um, you know. Kid Flash is a little inconsiderate in the way he's saying things kind of out loud Um, to the point in which Superboy actually speaks to them and just says that, like, hey, I can talk. I can understand everything that you're saying, which is a shock to Kid Flash. But he does point out that he did call him a he the entire time and not an it. Um, And at this point, this gives Calder, you know, being the more level headed of the three, an opportunity to just talk with Superboy and which Superboy reveals basically who that he does know who he is he knows that he is a genomorph clone of superman he was created to replace him or something that has become that will later become a very iconic line i think throughout the show take him down if he turns from the light and this is where calder is just like i mean yes you we know you you know that you're a clone you know that um, you know, he's only at this point, uh, Superboy is only 16 weeks old, even though he looks like he's 30. Um, 
And Calder tells him that, you know, there's a lot of potential for him because he hasn't seen the real world as yet. He hasn't seen the sun. He hasn't seen the moon. He hasn't seen, he hasn't never even met Superman or, or any of the heroes. He doesn't know what life is like outside of the tube he's, he was in. So he tells him this is a perfect opportunity for you to just choose what you want and follow your own path. Yeah, I love this argument because um, uh, recently <laughs> we've seen some Superboy adaptations and eh, everyone handles it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But what I um, I do like about this version of the character is he already has knowledge downloaded into his head. So he's not an idiot about like how the logic and anything. He's not like a two year old toddler. He doesn't know social stuff, but, you know, that comes later. And frankly, some grown men have less advanced social skills than he has um, coming out of the, the tube. Um, but he doesn't immediately turn on Cadmus because he says, they gave me life. Mm-hmm. I owe that to them. Why Why would I give them up? And, you know, the, there's this compelling argument about who should you be responsible to the people who created you, gave birth, or, you know, think critically about yeah, they did that, but they'd never given you any choices. What's more significant in the long run? And, you know, Calder says you live, so you follow your own path, man or weapon. What do you want to be? It's almost like a nature versus nurture kind of debate. I just realized. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's it gets really deep into, you know, just focus on one character. It's not an instant like you have to join us because you're a good guy. You know, it's it's right. very it's very subtle. But um, one the decision time comes when the machine starts using i guess electricity to extract them their blood i i don't quite understand the science but maybe i mean that's probably why I no probably static was behind there for maybe, <laughs> oh maybe. Right. yeah it was using electricity to extract yeah blood. i don't know how that works i i didn't do that hot and ap bio so maybe that's why i can't explain it to you but uh spoiler i don't even think that's ap bio <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, that's why that's, I didn't do it. <laughs> but yeah, so as they are starting to extract their blood with the power of electricity, um, this is where Superboy is forced to head back to his tube. Um, and as he's walking away, Calder is kind of like the again, I, I love how I love this char- character of Calder. I think it's someone that like very f- glad to see, especially because you know, 12. 13 years ago we didn't have that many black characters so now we have literally an aqualad aquaman character who um who is this like cool centered guy and then he goes ahead and tells superboy just like he whispers it to himself but he knows that superboy is going to hear him and he just tells him again you know you can follow your own path you don't have to follow what cadmus is telling you to do because you know, at the end of the day, you can choose what you want to do. And more importantly, if you really are inspired by Superman, which was so, a little bit that he's picking up from their conversation, just think, what would Superman do? And this instantly clicks in Superboy's head that Superman would not leave them behind. And in fact, would just go in and wreck shit up for messing with his friends. Yep. And, I, and he immediately goes in, breaks the machines, breaks them out. Uh, Robin, <laughs> one, another great funny line that he was like, oh, Batman would be so pissed I took this long to break out of a, <laughs> a, a lock situation. 
Um, that's a that's a therapy moment. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Go see Black Canary, please. Um, <laughs> so Robin also blows up the clone machine. A nice little detail. No loose ends. No chance of that mm-hmm. coming back later. And as they're trying to make their way out of this maze, um, a nice little beat that Superboy tries to fly and discovers he can't. He assumed he had all of Superman's powers, but he doesn't have flight and he also doesn't have heat vision. So the they get a mysterious voice in Superboy's head, decides to lead them into the vents, and um, they are almost caught by motion sensors. But fortunately for them, Robin hacked the motion sensors. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it just as smugly. I think I think that was my one of my favorite transition scenes in um this episode where it's like Desmond is just like chasing after them with the full-on force of Cadmus. And he's just like, ha, they did hack the motion sensors. And it leads him right into the bathroom. And he's just like, I hacked the motion sensors. And I love that scene because it just shows how smug of a character Robin is going to be throughout this series. Um, and that just gives the team some more time to to get to their escape. Unfortunately, they get cornered by a bunch of genomorphs. Um, the trolls, the razor sharp ones, the little tiny ones that I feel should be a little Funko Pop and, you know, may one day be on the same scale as Baby Groot and Grogu. Um, that's my own hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is where it's revealed that they are not this team's enemy, but rather the person who is leading the Genomorphs is their greatest ally. Yes. Dublix is his name. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like yeah. the Pokemon, but I know it's... Oh. it's <laughs> It's a couple bees. <laughs> so yeah, Dublix, uh, he reveals that he set the fire in the first place in the hopes of getting attracting league attention and having someone investigate. And to his credit, if Batman showed up there, a hundred percent Batman would have figured this out in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great plan. And he asked Superboy, What what do you want to do? Do you wanna, you know? lead us lead this group or in and everything and he chooses freedom he chooses to embrace the world not to stay with cadmus to go someplace where he has options but before he can go out and walk in the moonlight uh there's a little problem the scientist uh has drank some experimental serum and immediately hulks out because he wanted he was not satisfied with being smart he wanted to be the most jacked individual in the episode so he makes a run for it and guardian luckily he's been broken free out of mind control and he's ready to fight where did he go (laughs) i just realized we never saw him again no yeah no guardian gets smacked instantly oh (laughs) yeah okay that's why i was wondering where did he go because he literally got flown away (laughs) you think he got turned into dust no but he he immediately He's knocked out of the battle. <laughs> he's just a guy. Let's be he's fair. Just he's a just guy. a guy. <laughs> it's like, take away the suit of armor. What do you got? Uh, just, just a guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm just a regular guy, actually. Uh, minimum wage. That's why I'm working at Cadmus. Uh, needed some extra shifts. Literally on security. My union rep will be hearing about this. <laughs> uh, but this leads into a fight between um, Desmond, who is on the Blockbuster Serum, and the entire this like new team of Aqualad, Superboy, Robin, and Kid Flash. So um it's crazy. Uh I think I, I don't remember who got grabbed, but somebody like 
Desmond grabbed somebody and sent them right through a right through the ceiling to the next floor. Um, so that helped with the escape plan for the team, even though they still had to face off against the bricks that Blockbuster was producing. Um, and it's there are moments in which you can see that each individual hero is a great, great hero. They can hold their own. But it's also clear that, once again, they're not really working together as a team. So even though they're getting a chance to do really quick, nice hits here and there, it's all for naught when, um, you know, basically you get you're getting one hit and then you're getting flown into your into someone who's supposed to be your ally. Um, this alerts Robin for an opportunity for them to finally just stop what they're doing and work together as he realizes that the locations of which Blockbuster is hitting, um, it's going to cause some structural damage to the entire building that they're in. Yep. And in the, the section we're now calling Young Collateral Damage, um, <laughs> Robin, yes, I was hoping we had something like this. Move over, static, because this one's a doozy. Um, <laughs> he decides best thing to do is to collapse the entire building on top of Blockbuster. Um, so using Flash's speed to lead Blockbuster to different weak points, and the heroes distracting them, they're able to collapse, destroy the support beams, and get the whole building to collapse. My only, I have two questions here. One, wow, is this building weak? This w- building is weak yeah. as hell. It was like eight support <laughs> beams. What? <laughs> what? All what? conveniently placed outside, so it was you could just see them. Jesus Christ! Like, come, I, I think y'all need to look at this contractor. Um, <laughs> and I, I hope Batman's covering the the damage. Um, and secondly, I hope to god no janitors were working that day because they're dead Mm. (laughs) anybody on the night shift i'm sorry you stayed late (laughs) to finish your project it's it's a wrap for you bro because i hope you were underground because there's no way you survived that (laughs) or if you were heading into work that day um just just head back home (laughs) yeah there's no amount of pay to cover sweeping up that much rubble yeah, he calls in and is like, hey, I, I'm actually, I didn't even clock in, bro. I got to be honest. Uh, I'm not doing that. Sorry. It's like, why, why didn't you clock in? Because I can't even find the machine. <laughs> there is no door. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so this leads into the building coming down on them. Fortunately, though, our heroes miraculously survive. They do come out scathed. Um, so that... Don't worry about that. There, there's some reality to this. Like Robin and Flash's suits are just like ripped up. Uh, Superboy's shirt is ripped off as well. And this is where they finally take a breather because they see that Blockbuster is knocked out, and they're like, "Hold on, we're finally outside." And Flash, Kid Flash, gives Superboy an opportunity and just shows him like, "Hey, here's the moon. It's like right up here." Um, it was a fun little beat from earlier, actually, where um. I think, what was it? Aqualad told him that we can show you the sun, and Kid Flash is like, actually, we can show you the moon. It's kind of late right now. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm glad that they brought that back. And as you looked on to the moon, we see a figure flying towards them, and it's Superman, followed by the entire Justice League, 
who literally just land down like the parents who just came home to find their kids drinking at all like a, a soup like a crazy party yeah yeah superman is not whelmed by this news Mm-mm. um once he sees superboy he has he's has a lot of thoughts and you can see there's this instant anguish on his face he doesn't know what to do with this information and just pretty much decides to kind of pass the buck and says, Oh, I gotta, I should probably take Blockbuster to jail, you know? <laughs> oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, please. So, uh, whatever. Uh, see ya. And he dips out pretty quickly. Um, meanwhile, Batman stays behind just mainly because he can't fly. And he, he scolds, <laughs> he, uh, he tries to scold the team and he's like, You will not be doing this again. And they're like, huh. Actually, we will. What y'all gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Superboy says a line, another iconic line of the series: "Get on board or get out of the way." Yes, yes, I I, I love that, and you could tell that you know, like everybody was shook from it because they weren't expecting for their sidekicks to speak up in this way. You know, they we started at the beginning of our series with them just being happy to just be included into the hall of justice with this unlimited access to the gym to now being like, no, we're going to keep on, you know, do the things that we were trained to do. We're going to keep on saving lives and helping people it doesn't matter how you want us to do it. So having that strong line on get on board or get out the way leads into a great moment for our next sequence where a couple days later, um, as they are, they're as they're just like setting things back up the the young heroes are taking over to mount justice where apparently this was the first location for the uh justice league where they were first operating out of and batman tells them that they're going to be assembled as a real team where red tornado will supervise uh who will be staying with them he'll be supervising the team making sure that everything's going okay black canary will be in charge of their training and Batman will deploy them on the necessary missions. But of course, the main important thing is that um, the Justice League will still operate as the flashy kind of showy team, the team that's doing the um, the big things. Um, because as they mentioned, they're the adults. They have the bigger emblems on their chest, which well, I thought was a dumb thing to say just because some of their <laughs> logos of other people's are way bigger. But yeah, they've mentioned that they're going to continue as being the front-facing team, but they realize that the villains are getting smarter given everything that's happened down in Cadmus. So they decide to let this new team become the covert kind of secret team. Yeah, five spies. Um, you know, and luckily Robin has plenty of exper- experience, uh, which we'll see as things go along. And... um yeah, another major thing here is the introduction of one extra member. Hello, say hello to Miss Martian. And she immediately, her and Superboy seem to have some connection, which the boys are all for. This is what you, this is the kind of guys you need in your life. Robin and Kid Flash instantly like, yo, all right, you know, you got that, <laughs> you got that W Riz, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so they, so we end on this hope of a new team, um, not quite Justice League, but just as important. And then we have a quick cut to Cadmus, where Guardian is sitting in the new chair. He's 
sharing with um, the doctor who's the unnamed doctor who um, apparently is getting some crazy health benefits as well as Dublix and lets them know that they're here now to usher in a nicer, kinder Cadmus, one that isn't going to be involved in all the secret ongoings as they were before. But it's then revealed that the light is still in control. Um, It's still in control of Cadmus. So we don't know who the members of the light are. We just, but we do know that they are planning some big, scary things for the future, leading into what will then be four seasons of this amazing, amazing show. And that wraps up the intro episodes of Young Justice. Um, So while we go and gauge how we're feeling, if we're overwhelmed, we're underwhelmed, or if we're just whelmed, (laughs) here's a podcast from the Forgotten Entertainment family you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. All right. So um, just because this is the first episode, I feel like we can't really do quite the same thing as we did back with the static show um, where we kind of like gauged the like we did like batch three episodes and then, you know, figured out which was the strongest one, which was the weakest one. Um well, not yet, at least. I mean, we're going to bash the episodes later, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because this is one full story. Like, overall, what did you think? Um, how are you feeling about it so far? Um, as you just now, now that we revisited it after maybe, I don't know, like, it, it could be 12 years since we've seen this. It could have been five <laughs> minutes ago since we've seen this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this is a great uh, one-two punch opener of, mm-hmm. of for a series because it... It introduces, it keeps things small. Um, you know, you have very clear personalities, a very clear storyline between the two episodes of, of these sidekicks who want to earn their place as a hero in the world, but all they've done ha- hasn't been enough. So now they push themselves further into a new territory of them doing it on their own. No support, no backup just going in and on missions by themselves. So that's done all really well. All the characters are very intelligent, making very logical, smart decisions, but also um, things that fit in their personality, like the fact that Robin and Kid Flash are always wanting to race ahead and investigate Mm -hmm. because they're so eager. Kid Flash, because he has the speed. Robin, because he has the experience. They always want to lead. And Aqualad is always like, all right, let's calm down. Let's survey the situation. So you're seeing the team dynamic. You're seeing all these things that will come together. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's strong. It's fun. It has a lot of nods to heroes and villains. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think um, in lieu of saying one episode is better than the other, um, I'll say, you know, overall, I think this is a strong uh, 9 out of 10 preview uh, premiere. Only thing holding it back for me is just speedy going from zero to a hundred. Um, yeah. 
I, I think it's it makes sense logically, but just since we don't spend we spend like a minute with Speedy before he goes completely off the rails, um, it does seem extremely quick for him to turn and leave instead of just like waiting five minutes for all the other stuff that happens. Um, but what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I agree 100%. I, you know, that was my same feeling too about Speedy because it was like, I did like the fact that we started this show where it's like, you you have a sense of who each person is already. I feel like by the time of 2010, if you hadn't seen the Teen Titans cartoon or even any kind of DC content, um, you would be coming into this thing brand new. But fortunately, we don't live in a world like that where, you know, we've had multiple reboots. We have multiple versions of shows um, and multiple versions of these characters appearing in shows. So, so you knew who each person was. So I love the fact that we didn't spend any time in the beginning really trying to develop like who Robin is, why is, you know, who Aqualad and where does he come from and, and Kid Flash. Like, so I was glad that we had that moment and it was just like, we're just going to focus in on the origin story of one character and that being Superboy and how these three came into contact with that. Um, I do agree that because of that, though, we did lose an opportunity to kind of understand why like Speedy was just so aggro out the gate. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. I felt like this was a even at times I felt like maybe it would have been nice to have seen like maybe if Green Arrow kind of like reached out to try to to see if he could get in contact with Speedy or try to grab at him before he leaves or even go along with him and just say like, hey, I'm going to go talk with him. You guys handle the whole Voltan Sun thing. Cause like let's be honest, what is Green Arrow gonna do when the whole super I don't know, super magician is blocking out the sun. Like, I, 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 mean, I don't, no discredit to his skill set. I'm just saying that there are other heroes that are probably well more like prepared for that kind of situation. Um, but yeah, I think that overall, the one thing that I loved about this show and this early um, opening is just that the fact that the dynamics that we're seeing, especially the most importantly, the dialogue, um, that conversation between Superboy and Calder, who, Full name Calderon, but Calder is just what he gets called throughout the show. It's great to just hear that and see that it's like, you know, there's a lot of depth from these two individuals. Um, surprisingly, given the fact that, you know, Superboy is like 16 weeks old. But we can see how even then those conversations can happen. But there's such a lightheartedness to it has teamed up with the influence and the feedback and the conversations from the other heroes with like Robin and Kid Flash who um, can jump in and say like, hey, we, you know, we can show you the sun. Well, actually rather the moon because, you know, what time of the day it is. Ha ha ha. And I love that because it really helps to develop who they are as heroes. And then eventually another big moment was seeing that character shift because of what was happening where in the beginning, they were just like, just fine with just accepting the fact that like, hey, we're not going to be in the watchtower, but at least we're getting the cred that we need to at least be seen as like, you know, just asleep members in this, as from the from the public to so then being like, no, we have the training, we have the skill set. We've been doing this for so long that like, honestly, the only thing that was holding us back was y'all. So literally get on board or get out the way. And I think that was a strong way to start and then end these two episodes. 
to then show them that like, hey, you know, you still have more to grow, but at least we know that you personally are ready. Yeah, it's definitely a nice it's that it's not just because there are stories where the the sidekicks just break off from the heroes and that's kind of like the start. Wait, yeah. no, ooh, sudden, <laughs> my throat there. Um, and while like seeing them reconcile can be interesting, it's much more realistic for mm-hmm. the, the majority of the team to behave like Robin, Aqualad, and Kid Flash instead of Speedy. Mm-hmm. Um, because then it's like we we because just we didn't know who you are. So it's great to see the sidekicks on their own, but not willing to cut off all the ties quite yet. Right. Uh, another question I have because um, you know, just after doing some digging, it which was I guess it was like you could pick up on it throughout the show, um, is that this is the show exists on a separate Earth. This is a new, brand new continuity. There's no connection to Batman the animated series, or Superman the animated series. This that whole Diniverse that we had of like shows from Batman the animated series to the Zeta Project. There are no connections to it anymore. This is a brand new Earth. This has been classified as Earth 16. How are you feeling about the fact that um, we have this show now where there aren't any connections to the past? And it's like brand new, really. Let the past die. Kill it. If you <laughs> oh my <have> God. <laughs> no, um, no what, uh, what I do like about this is that it, starting fresh, gave us an opportunity to... Give us new takes on some of these characters. Um, Because the Batman and the Batman animated series and Justice Unlimited, um, he's great, but a lot of his struggle was like, even working with other people was a struggle. Mm -hmm. And here it's, he gets to start at a place where he is open and willing and recognizes the value of teamwork. So we don't have to go on this like whole solo Batman um thing and it's not about him Mm because i think if you do carry those characters over people will be more invested in seeing what those characters are doing and what what their what's their deal instead of getting invested in the younger characters so i do like this clean slate starting from the beginning letting some origins get remixed and changed up and as you expand the roster so slowly um yeah i think it's the way to go sometimes best thing you can do is instead of trying to wedge everything into one universe and retrofit it, um, DCAU, um, you just, uh, (laughs) you just, uh, do it. You just go for it. Yeah. Um, you just, um, you just start over and start fresh and make things good. Yeah. I like that reasoning too. I, um, I also agreed that it was nice to have a fresh start on things but also kind of like set it up in a way where it's just like things are already established like you're not you're not playing a game of catch-up you're just like you just recognize that like things are the way that that things are um but i gotta say you put it really eloquent way more eloquently than i could have <laughs> just now <laughs> look I, you know trying to figure out where wonder woman 2 would happen in the timeline of the dcu <laughs> Has made me appreciate for just burning it all and starting over. <laughs> you know what? You're you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Oh man. Well, um, 
Well, speaking of the larger connections to the uh, to the DC universe, I guess it's time for us to jump into that comic book knowledge about uh, Young Justice, which today um, really just going to focus in on just like the team as a whole, uh, just really the idea of Young Justice. Um, so something that we're going to probably pick up on really quickly is that, again, because of the fact that this is a brand new Earth, um, this gave Brandon Vietti and Greg Weissman. Wait, is it Greg or George, actually? I always mix up those two. Yeah. yeah. Um, because this is a brand new Earth, this gave Brandon Vietti and Greg Weissman an opportunity to just play around with things, pick up on the things that people were really leaning into, the stories that they wanted to tell, and really um, connecting all of that. So um, as we go through the show, we're not going to get a story that follows along exactly with the Young Justice series that was first, uh, the team that was first put together, um, that was created by Todd DeZago with art by um, Todd Nuak and Larry Stucker. It's going to be a combination of just like everything that we love about the DC comic, the DC universe as a whole. Uh, So Young Justice, though, the name itself uh, and the team first appeared, as I mentioned, in um, this comic by Todd, Todd and Larry. Uh, It's it's so close. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they first appeared in June of 19. 98 in a story called Young Justice the Secret. Uh, back during this time in 1998, DC had this promotional campaign called DC's Girl Frenzy, oh, where <laughs> it, it's not a great name, but the, the concept and the idea is way better than the name. Um, basically, what they wanted to do was they wanted to feature a female character and have that character be the main fo- focus or play a very big, important part in a one-shot series that was released during the fifth week of a month. So uh, fifth week is a release schedule term for comics where because of the fact that months usually operate on a four-week schedule, whenever a month had a fifth week, this was an opportunity for the um, the comic book company to release Maybe something like a a one-shot story, something that probably wasn't going to get picked up outside of this one story. This is just like, usually it's an unusual story. Um, Which funny thing is, is actually how we got the the origin of the first time that the first comic book feature founding members of Young Justice came together. And that would be actually Tim Drake Robin, not the Dick Grayson Robin that we're seeing in our show today. Um, Connell Superboy, um, you know, we've met him, um, back in the reign of Superman during the death of Superman arc. So this is actually, uh, this is him operating as his own hero following the, the events of the death and return of Superman. And finally, instead of Kid Flash, Wally West, we actually have Bart Allen, AKA Impulse, who's the grandson of Barry Allen, the second Flash, um, who came from the 30th century um i do have to do some math on that because i need to know how in the world you have a grandchild from in the 30th century like that's the year 3000 at least flash family's weird but yeah they're they're i guess yeah maybe his son had the kid ran to the future to have the kid where 
all I'm hoping for is it's not like a reverse Futurama. Oh, that's, yeah. I don't know what that would be, but like I'm just hoping that that's in the case. So much like the show, the comic focused on these team of sidekicks who were coming together, who once again they felt like they were in the shadows of their mentors, and um, they couldn't join the Teen Titans team. And this was because they were actually too young to join the Teen Titans team. <laughs> Gotta be a team. It's right yeah. there in the name. So they were tired of being seen as these kids and be, being belittled by their um, by the public and their mentors. So, and at this point, they were already friends too because of the fact of again, their mentors are the ones who are banding together to form the Justice League. And the comic, the just the Young Justice the Secret, it opens up where the three of them are being interrogated. Uh, apparently, they had taken on the case um, with the DEO, the Department of Extra Normal like, Operations, and it led to a failed mission where the thing that they were asked to do led to an explosion. Um, so they were asked to find and bring in a monster that had escaped from DEO custody. And they were able to do so. And during this comic, we get a chance to hear from each of them what was happening and what led to the failure of the mission. Um, and each one, you get a chance to see and experience like how each person is. Tim Drake is very, um, he's more of the level-headed person. He's sitting up straight in his chair. Um, Connell is kind of like chilling and relaxing all cool. Uh, and Bart is just like, he can't even sit still during his conversations interrogation. So as they're sharing the story, it all leads into them finally revealing the truth um, for the reader versus the interrogator, in which after capturing this monster, um, they look inside the jar because it was this gaseous type monster. They look inside the tube in which they caught it and they see this actually this young girl. So when they free her, they ask what's going on. She reveals that she's actually been captured and been tested on by the DEO. And they're like pushing her to do these things to the point where she feels like she's causing more harm than good. So they decide that like, you know what, we're going to um, work together to free you from this captivity. So they take the tube and pretend like they caught her they have this like other gaseous mixture in there and as they present it to the deo they do something just in time to make it explode making it seem to the deo that the monster was destroyed and that there's nothing left for them to do but in reality they had already released this girl who was named secret um to be free and go along with her own journeys and, you know, not deal with the DEO anymore because of the fact they thought that she was dead. Pretty, and pretty the, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's actually kind of giving me and the story does end up where they show you that the interrogators are actually Justice League members, Superman, Flash, uh, Max Mercury, who hopefully we get a chance to see in season nine, the finale season of The Flash. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also Batman. And it's very similar when I was, as I was reading, I was realizing how similar it is to um, our story here that we saw for the show. Where they got, they came together, they realized that something more was afoot and they decided to free um, the being that was being held against this will 
and being told to do these dangerous things. And that led to basically a bunch more stories. Um, unfortunately, I do think that Young Justice got canceled a couple times as it has come back in different iterations from different writers. There is an ongoing story right now that actually follows um, more of the plot, not the plot, sorry, the character dynamics of other Young Justice, like this show, as well as some of the stuff from the past where they include that um, that Impulse, uh, Tim Drake Robin, Connell Superboy, Arrowette, and also uh, Wonder Girl are kind of like the founding members of the team. Yeah, that's, other than that, the I mean, the major differences as we saw was that, um, you know, we have Calder in the show. So that's pretty cool, who... I'll talk about it at a later point because I kind of feel like we got to give him some respect given his creation. <laughs> yeah, he'll be around for quite a while. There's also um, an actual Young Justice comic that connects to the show. I guess that counts as our WTF. <laughs> so the in there's like an in-universe comic based on the show. Yeah. So um, Greg Weissman, um, who served as the producer for the first couple seasons and eventually the executive producer alongside um, Brandon Vietti, um but greg teamed up with a couple of writers and artists like kevin hobbs and christopher jones uh to create 34 comics within this universe that actually coincide with the show's run and issue number zero does detail a bit of the in-between moments of what happens after fireworks where the team comes face to face with the Justice League and has to figure and tells them they gotta get out, get on board or get out the way. And when they make their way over to um, to Mount Justice, there's some funny moments in which, including like um, how Kid Flash tries to give Superboy a home by having him stay with him, and Superboy just turns out to be a super creep because he's like sleeping while standing in the closet. Hey, man, you know whatever's good for your back, you know. <laughs> But yes, uh, all of these comics, these like 34 additional comics are all available currently on um, DC Universe Infinite hashtag once again, not sponsored. <laughs> but those comics as well as the Young Justice comics are available on there. So I feel like they'll be like good sources of reading material to have alongside as we're watching through this um, series one more time or two more times for, for me, maybe three. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it. That's our comic book stuff. Um, so quick question though, Andrew, how are you, how are you feeling about the fact that back in 1998, DC had girl frenzy? You know, we've come so far as a society, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes it doesn't feel like we came far fast enough. Um, (laughs) yeah, I guess that's better than nothing, but oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like those swimsuit issues they used to do and at both oh, companies God. but <laughs> jesus where where were we <laughs> i guess that's another plug go ahead and pick up dc's bombshells whenever <laughs> you get a chance all right well that wraps up our episode uh once again we're going to continue on with young justice um this is a four season show and we're going through every episode so we're happy to have you join along with us thank you again to the fans and listeners out there who decided on this um you know once again harley quinn you get your time to shine we're just this is a full campaign they're trying to bring back young justice to be honest this this will be the turning point we'll bring it back one more time (laughs) 
All right. Well, just remember to take care of yourselves and always remember that, you know, go quickly read up on some Greek mythology real quick because never, and I mean never, trust anyone working for anything called Cadmus, despite how good the benefits may be. And if you want to put on a guardian costume and run around, just make sure you got those health benefits because you're going to get rocked. (laughs) 